not what your country... Tear down this wall. There is nothing wrong with America. He referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee And we're back. Thank you guys for your patience. I'm sorry I was gone for a few weeks. But we're back, and I appreciate you listening. So a lot to talk about, obviously. So much going on. We have a great show tonight, or today, whenever you're listening. Anthony Scaramucci is joining us just a little bit. We're going to go over the Rogue shit list, which is one of my favorite segments. And, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Biggest news of the week, obviously, the North Korea summit. Considered the biggest piece of news in all of news history by much of the conservative media and a lot of people on the on the other side of the media and I you know I guess for good reason it's it's definitely an achievement to meet with Kim Jong-un but I am skeptical and I think you should be skeptical too I think everybody should be skeptical we're so quick to to come to conclusions right or wrong but we we live in this weird headline culture now where you immediately have an opinion of of everything right off the bat and I do this and I think everybody does this. And I think what we need to do is take a step back because what we saw in Singapore on some respects is important, but on others was, was in my opinion, degrading to this country. To stand next to Kim Jong-un, a person who enslaves his own people, who lets them die, who kills them for offenses as, as small as laughing, to stand next to someone like that, to put our flag next to theirs, and to say, we've achieved peace. I think it's just naive. Because we know how people like him act. And so it's not this easy. And I think we made a very foolish error in convincing ourselves that it was. For us to just have this summit, sign a one-page one page piece of paper, that's it. Wash our hands. Nuclear program done. Over. No. No. It it doesn't work like that. Foreign relations does not work like that. Geopolitics does not work like that. Everyone has their own interests. If you think that North Korea walked away from that meeting and said, "Gosh, I'm glad we signed that piece of paper. We can finally end our nuclear program." You're having a laugh. It just it it doesn't work that way. So, you know, in this culture we live in of, of headlines and quick judgments, Donald Trump is the perfect person for that because he feeds off that. He thinks that he is like Mother Teresa now for having done this. And that's unfortunate. And, and all the people who support him think that. But that's not reality. And the sad part about that is that this bill is going to come due from this meeting and we're going to find out that either North Korea didn't abide by these rules. We're going to find that North Korea got a little lax in dismantling their nuclear program. Or they're going to say something. And it's all going to be undone. Because that's how this works. It's not this easy. So I think the media has done a disservice presenting this as some grand victory. For Trump or for America or for whoever. If you look at the Iran deal, that was a very complicated, and say what you want about it, I, I don't really care to talk about the pros or cons of it, but just the, from a structural standpoint, it's a very complicated agreement 
between two parties who arguably have greater differences. Well, whatever. But it's a complicated document that took a long time to craft and had endless stipulations. And that was seen as a success. Obviously, in a partisan world, it wasn't, but that was something that, that was complicated and difficult and didn't yield a lot of the results that everyone thought it would, but that was a much more detail-oriented and focused project. And this just seems like it was something off the cuff that was designed mostly as a publicity stunt with a lot more pomp and circumstance than actual meat behind it. So count me skeptical. I apologize for being cynical about it, but the world doesn't work like this. I know we want it to. I know we want to live in this clickbait Twitter headline culture where we solve problems by, you know, typing out 140 characters and it's much more complicated than that. And forgive me, but I don't, I don't trust Donald Trump to be able to manage that complexity. And I don't think you do either. I, He's the, he is not the person to headline a nuanced, detail-oriented, important, structured agreement like this. He's great at the off-the-cuff, one-note, tell-you-how-he-feels-in-the-moment, but that, that's not how you make lasting change. So, yeah, I'm a... I'm holding my breath. Could it be great? It could be great. I hope it's great. We That's good for the world if that's great. But I think it's important to take a step back and just say, you know what? Let's see how this goes. And now it's time for the Rogue Shit List. These people are garbage. That's right. It's the Rogue Shit List. So let's begin. Number three. Number three is James Comey. So today we got a little blast from the past, and we learned that James Comey did in fact do a little bit more than he needed to do to hurt Hillary Clinton's chances of winning the election. Now, say what you want about him since then, but I think it is a remarkable disservice to this country that we have applauded him universally as some sort of folk hero who's anti-Trump. This is a person who had a Trump pence sign in his front yard now obviously he came to terms with the fact that that was a mistake but you can't overlook the impact that james comey had on the 2016 election going public with the need to reopen that investigation is probably the reason she lost the election you can talk about russian collusion which i definitely think plays a role you can talk about dumb people and stupid places voting for someone they shouldn't have. You can talk about all sorts of things, but but the straw that broke the camel's back was James Comey going out the Friday before the election and saying, we're reopening this investigation. Anybody who was on the fence immediately got off the fence. So, you know, spare me the, the wilting lily thing from James Comey. I, it, this is like pulling a Band-Aid off, uh, off a wound today, hearing this. Number two. Number two on the list is Jeff Sessions, who 
quite frankly, should be on this list every week. Should have a permanent place. Listen to what this piece of shit had to say today. Defending the Trump administration's immigration policies, especially those that result in the separation of families. Listen to this. I would cite you to the Apostle Paul and his clear and wise command in Romans uh, 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained the government for his purposes. Can you believe that? I mean, citing the Bible to justify ripping kids out of their own families and separating families altogether. It's outrageous. This is like the preeminent case of evangelical Christian hypocrisy and the worst parts of the GOP rolled into one. I, I honestly can't believe that we are in a day and age when someone says this. I would have expected this from John Ashcroft in, in 2002, but this is 2018. We went down this road before. Didn't we all hate this shit? And now we're hearing it again. And and in such a craven, like, mean-spirited way, and to smirk like some weird little evil elf when you do it, too. It's just sick. Sessions is the worst. And that's why when I hear this shit like, oh, my God, Trump hates Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Je- Jeff Sessions is a, a troll. Ugh. It's gross. But as gross as... Jeff Sessions is somebody else wins the week. And number one, Ronna McDaniel tweeting yesterday, complacency is our enemy. Anyone that does not embrace the Donald Trump agenda of making America great again will be making a mistake. All right. So this is someone who's the head of a party. And she's talking like we live in a banana republic. literally making the statement that those who do not embrace a president will be making a mistake. This is one thing if it's a staffer or some weirdo on the street, but this is the head of the GOP. And that's why I'm telling you people, it's going to be a lot harder in November and down the road to rid ourselves of these kind of people. Because this isn't, this isn't an extremist here. This is like a centrist Republican, a Romney. This woman is a Romney. And she's saying this. She's advocating like gulag style weirdo dictatorships. I can't believe this. I think this is one of the most outrageous things that anybody in Washington has said recently. More, more insane than half the stuff Trump says. So she's number one. Whew, okay, got that off my chest. Now it's time for what I'm sure you've been waiting for. My next guest needs no introduction. You saw him on season one of the Trump presidency. Please welcome Anthony Scaramucci to the show. Anthony, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Season one, I was like one of the stunt doubles. <laughs> I don't know. You had that many lines for season one. You had, you, had a, you had a pretty big role. I mean, it was like one of those short Oscar appearances that you get. Yeah, uh, you, yeah. well, look, I mean, you know, look, I was obviously, you know, trying to get rid of some people. And unfortunately, <laughs> I had to get rid of myself in the process of getting rid of some people. That's fine. Yeah, sure. You know, so, I'm a big boy. Yeah, so... so what do you want to... 
Well, I got a lot. I mean, I, I could talk all day, yep. but uh, we, yep. we only have a little bit of time. So first off, you know, with this news about Sarah Huckabee Sanders leaving, are we going to get Mooch 2.0? No, I no, I'd say that the the chances of that are like zero point zero. You know what I mean? I, no, I mean you have to understand, like, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, John Kerry didn't like me. Uh, not saying he ever really knew me or anything. That I met him one time at Steve Mnuchin's wedding. Who's this? John, um, this is but, John uh, Kelly. John Kelly, you're saying? Yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, his first day he fired me. You know, so I mean, you know, I can't really blame the phone conversation. The president and I, you know, he seemed, the president seemed a little miffed at me for the phone conversation. Obviously, I made a mistake, but he didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. He, you know, I'd worked with the president for two years and, you know, I'd given a lot of money to the campaign, worked on the transition. I was, you know, I'm pretty pretty close to the guy, so I I didn't see that as being the game the game changer, but for whatever reason, Kelly, you know, stepped in there and then, uh, you know, it would be impossible for me to go back, actually. You know what I mean? But yeah, fine. Sure. I'm, a, I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy, and uh, that's politics, and uh, it's a rough and tumble. It's like the NFL of verbal contact, you know, so what are you going to do? Yeah, no doubt. Well, on that note, I wanted to ask you, I watched your appearance on The Circus the other night on Showtime, and uh, yeah. one thing that you were pretty pretty serious on was uh, lauding Trump for, for draining the swamp and knocking, you know, D.C. business as usual, but then you look at things that Trump has done, like the Scooter Libby pardon things like hiring John Bolton, and these are extremely counter to the drain the swamp narrative, right? Like, shouldn't we just consider Trump a custodian, yeah. a custodian of the swamp at this point? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't even like it. I don't even think it's a swamp, okay? I mean, you know, it's actually like a gold-plated hot tub. I mean, there's no, not really a swamp. I mean, these guys are in a hot tub, they're passing around Cristal, and they're smoking cigars, and they're laughing at the American people. And so, you know, he's one guy, and so, you know, well, uh, Priebus flooded the zone with anti-Trumpers. You know, he told Trump to leave the uh, President Trump to leave the race in October. Um, flooded the zone with anti-Trumpers, and so you know he's surrounded by these establishment hucksters. That uh, you know, that's their job. Is that's their business model, well, their operating model. So, yeah. so I mean, unless you're telling me he's going to have a you know a three thousand to fifteen thousand person transplant of entrepreneurs and uh, Boy Scouts and public servant-oriented citizens that really love the country are going to descend down on Washington and try to build policies that are going to benefit the American people. You can't really blame them. I well, mean, but just, don't, you, it, don't you think that's... It's being like, overwhelmed by a water wall of uh, uh, swamp-like behavior. But you don't, you think uh, that's disin- don't you think that's disingenuous to kind of keep up the idea of draining the swamp when you bring someone like John Bolton who has lived through he's like a, co- a nuclear cockroach that guy has been around forever I mean consider the alternatives I mean there there were plenty of well, qualified I mean, I mean, candidates but no, I, I understand that but I think the president got comfortable with John and I think that in fairness to John you know, he's cleaned up some aspects of that right and so you know he got control of his staff you know these anti-Trumpers and these nefarious rogues, you're talking about rogue White House people. <laughs> you know they were trying to dump, they were trying to dump people from comms that were like RNC related, hating Trump, and putting them in different places than just you know, doing leak bombs on each other. And so what you got to give Bolton credit for is he hired his own staff and he and he shut down at least the leaking from the NSC. You know, and he didn't allow any of those guys to staff quote-unquote, their people into his staff, because that would have been a nightmare for him. So so I hear you. I mean, you have, we have to hope 
somebody that has some level of experience, and you get some somebody that really knows how to play the game. Frankly, I did not know how to play the game. And then what you do is you uh, you know you try to see if you can put it together on behalf of the American people. But I I, I hear you. You're, you're not going to be able to stay at the White House with people that don't have quote unquote lots of experience no, in Washington. No, of course not. But I'm just saying to keep to keep you know using the tagline draining the swamp when you're doing the mm-hmm. exact opposite that seems disingenuous and on that note how can how can Donald Trump take 30 million dollars from the NRA which is the world's largest lobbying group and still consider him different how can he consider himself different from other politicians when he's doing that you know yeah, sorry, they shorted out there. No, no, I mean, you asked the question on the NRA, you said, right? Like, uh, took, how took he a lot of money he from the NRA. 30, he took $30 million yeah. from the NRA, and yeah. he can sit and consider himself different from other politicians. He's no different, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately. Well, I mean, look, I mean, he's obviously very, he's very different, but unfortunately, you know, you know, when you enter the political world, you start doing politician-like things. You know, he, he took that money, though, because he believed Second Amendment. And he took that money because he believes in the, uh, you know, the freedom around the um, the gun movement. So, you know, and he wanted their endorsement. He also knew, and we both know, you and I don't know each other, but I know you know and I know that the NRA is a very powerful political organization. And at that time, he was really trying to galvanize and build support uh, in the traditional Republican elements of the party. So, uh, you know, I think it was a very good tactic and very good strategy for him to do that so you know so, i mean so again and it, was so pursu- and it was pursuant to his principles i mean i was on the campaign trail with him pro second amendment on the campaign trail with don jr who's extremely pro second amendment yeah but you can be pro so, second but you, you know, can be pro second amendment but then also like donald trump has been he has been anti well at least publicly anti-lobbying anti public mm-hmm. interest groups anti-raising mm-hmm. money outside of his own money on the campaign trail so I just all I'm trying to get at here, Anthony, yeah, is how, yeah. How, well, can, hold on, hold on. Don't, no, hold you, on. Don't you find I, this? I know you're. No, I know what you're trying to get at. You're you're trying to get at uh, the age of hypocrisy, and you're trying to say the president's a hypocrite. Well, I he, got that. But I mean, and do, would you but, do you, but, do, you, do, you think, do you think that he is a hypocrite? Um. Actually, no. I actually think everybody's a hypocrite. Okay. I, so I he had had a person. So so Donald not Trump only not only is he a hypocrite, okay. but everybody's a hypocrite. So I, I don't know a person on the earth that isn't a hypocrite. So, you know, I don't know you that well, so maybe I'll cut this thing and say, Scott, <laughs> you said the president's a hypocrite. But well, you did say I don't, that, but I don't, you also I don't said think everyone he, else is. Yeah, I don't think he's any more of a hypocrite than any other person. You know, I think what he's basically saying is, is that, you know, he sees the nefarious nature of how things get manipulated. I think he's less concerned about public interest political action committees, and more concerned about, like, the sort of corporate lobbying, the military-industrial complex lobbying, the, uh, you know, the powers that be that sit there and just uh, but if, know, take corporate welfare. If, if that was the case. Klepto, klepto capitalism, you know, that, that sort of thing. That's what he's more, well, more that, the crony capitalism. But if that know. was the case, then why would he hire someone like John Bolton or meet with Saudi Arabia as, as his first foreign trip or up the defense spending budget. So, I mean, I, I, I see what you're trying okay, so, to do. So but let's, I, talk you know. well, let's talk about all three of those things. So you're meeting with the Saudis because of the Iranian situation. Well, not just, no, no, hold on, but not just meeting with the Saudis, meeting with them first. Meeting with them as the first yeah, well, international yeah, meeting. With, 
yeah, you're meeting with them first because on your on your presidential campaign promises was you were going to disrupt and reset the table for the Middle East peace process. And so you know by going to Saudi and hopefully bringing them closer to the Israelis and engaging them in a way which leads to more reform and a reduction of Wahhabism in, in Saudi Arabia, um, that could help push uh, the decline of the theocracy in Iran. And so, you know, one of the great ironies of the Obama administration's agreement with the Iranians is it pushed the Saudis closer to the Israelis, right? And so that's one of the that's one of the, that's one of the beauties of the agreement. So he's going there to see if we can get we can get a reset of the table, get the Saudis help with the Palestinian issue, the Israeli issue, and balance out the power as it relates to what's going on with the with the Iranians. Sure. So that's top one. Uh, okay, two, John Bolton. You have obviously a bug up your ass related to John. Oh, Bolton. I don't have a bug up my ass with John Bolton. John Bolton is an arch- I, I, architect I think, of ar- think, he, John Bolton's the architect of Donald Trump's number one criticism of all time. If you go and look at everything that Donald Trump has ever said, his number one criticism has been the Iraq War, mm-hmm. and he brings on someone yeah. who is the architect of that. So yeah. is that so, either is he stupid? So, because if he's opposed to the Iraq War, why would you do that? And if he's opposed to the military-industrial well, complex, why do you but, do that? I mean, but, so, but I'll give you now, you're actually not being fair. So, so here's the thing I learned in Washington. And again, remember, I was down there for 11 days, but I was obviously on the president's transition team. Here's what I learned in Washington. You know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? That's what Mike Tyson said, right? Or uh, all the generals in the Second World War said, you know, plan, and then once you get contact with the enemy, the plan's going to go out the door. And so what ends up happening is, You've got a rotational personnel on your staff. Um, you're trying to get the best qualified person to come in, but you don't need the person to have an identical view of you, of yours. That would be a disaster if you have that. Well, you got to get people at the table. All right. Let me finish. You got to get people at the table that have opposite views of yours. Well, this then why you can have any, a really critical. Why doesn't he have any liberals or Democrats in his cabinet? Okay. Well. Well, that's interesting, right? Because Kennedy had a few Republicans in his cabinet. We're in a society now. This is one of the aspects I hate about our politics. Is what you know? He frankly should, uh, and frankly, Obama should have. Sure. You're 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 in a society now uh, where we're so polarized and the polemics are so difficult um, that uh, it becomes almost politically untenable for him to do that. Yeah. Um, but you know what you don't what you don't know about him and what you know about him. He's a way more moderate guy. He's a way better decision maker. Uh, way way less impulsive than the media is trying to okay, present so, him as. So actually, way more contemplative. Okay. On that note, actually, yeah. if he's way yeah. more moderate, then then what did you think when he stood by Roy Moore or when he endorsed Corey Stewart? What what like if he is such a moderate, why stand by those people? Who are extreme because again, 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 what you're, again, and I, you know, I understand what you're doing. You gotta, you gotta make this thing a little bit more complex because your, either your listeners are very simple, or you're <laughs> overly, overly, or you're overly <laughs> simplifying something. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta really. There's no simplification. <laughs> Roy Moore is a pedophile. No, no, no you gotta supporting you gotta, him. You, gotta, well, you don't know. You don't know if Roy Moore is a pedophile or not. You, well, you have all the evidence, and you. You're a judge and a jury. Are you a judge and, and jury on boy. Harvey Weinstein I'm, I'm or anyone else? I mean, I, if you have I'm no judgment, you have no judgments of anyone. I'm not a, I'm not a, you have I'm no not, judgments. I'm not judging. Actually, actually, I'm not judging any of these. I don't know the facts of these cases. You know, I, I, I have no idea who's doing what to who until I get the facts in front of me. 
And in the country that I grew up in, everybody was innocent until proven guilty. We've now decided the country is we have a judge, jury, and trial. We do it on, on cable news. And then the people have permanent professional capital punishment as a result of it without any due process. So, so okay, you, you, you've convicted Roy Moore, and I get that. And you've convicted the other guy. I guess he just won that primary, and I understand well, that too. Corey Stewart, but you as there's photos back a little of bit. this is a way, a way, it's a way more complex I... situation than you know. And they're and they're doing, by the way, doing it on the same side on the other side too. I don't like it on either side. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, that's great that we're going with full blown uh, right wing extremists." I do not like that. Okay, flip side is I don't like the Elizabeth Warrens and the Bernie Sanders and their full left-wing extremist policies that would blow up the nation and lead to more poverty and more economic desperation. I don't like that either. Sure, but so again... What, my, we my, know, what, we know, what we know about the society is you go full hard left, it sounds really good in a textbook. And well, I'm not advocating that. Like I'm not advocating that. It doesn't work. I'm not advocating that. I just work. asked you what you think, what did you think when Trump stood by Roy Moore? Mm-hmm. You personally, you, mm-hmm. Anthony Scaramucci, what did you think? I just told you. I just told you. I hate it on both sides. Okay. I hate it on both sides. The president, if the president was on the phone with you right now, he would say, hey man, I've got a totality and means test. And unfortunately for me, I got to get 51 to 53 people in that Senate that are going to be alongside of me so we can get the right policies in to benefit the most amount of the American people. And what you're, what you're leaving out of the conversation is unfortunately the Gordian knot <laughs> slash Faustian pact that every one of these politicians. Yeah, you're laughing because what you're trying to do is. No, I. I you, what you're, what no, you're trying I just to do don't, is create a very simple. It's not, it's not simple. You're like, you're, now you're acting like Steve Colbert. <laughs> Let me finish. You're, you're, you're overly simplifying a situation, and you're trying to say, ha, these are liars, and ha, these are hypocrites. Well, I'm just going but off what Donald Trump that's, says. That's all I'm that's, doing that's is what he says. That, you're not really explaining to your listeners the layers and the derivative analysis of why <laughs> these decisions get made the way they do. You're like simplifying it, and you're you're trying to act in a righteous and sanctimonious no, way. No, no. Viewers and your listeners, where you're like, oh yes, these are bad people. No, I. They're bad people on both sides. I'm not, but I've never you know, said that. You know, and I, you know, and if you've you know, listened to what I've said, if you've listened to anything know, I've tweeted, the, I don't. What I the do. President should have said it's, what the president should have said in Charlottesville is, hey, there's there's bad people on both sides. There are bad people on both sides. Sure. Keep going. <laughs> All right. This is the last question for you because I know you got to run. Are you are you one hundred percent certain that Donald Trump had no knowledge of or involvement in collusion with Russia? No, no, no. I, obviously, I cannot be a hundred percent certain. I don't live inside his mind, and I did participate on every single call, phone call. What I am 100% certain of is that my window into the campaign, my participation in the campaign, my interaction in meetings, campaigning, strategy meetings, meetings, uh, transition meetings, convention meetings, I didn't see one scintilla of anything like that, okay? And you got these jokers and clowns who are trying to say, I'm in the Seychelles Islands with Eric Prince. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Okay, go, so, go, so, look at my past, go look at my dashboard. Go look at the TSA run. Go look at the customer. I, I've never even been to the Seychelles. So, so there's this constant litany of garbage that's being thrown out there. I find it interesting.
actually on today's uh, interview, we're not bringing up the Inspector General's report, where we discover in the Inspector General's report that there were elements inside the FBI that were weaponized politically against the, the president. And, and well, and you and me, okay, first of all, you're that talking... If that only just finished, if that happened to Secretary Clinton, if she was named the 45th president, and the Inspector General's report came out and said, yep, we were weaponized, we're trying to take her down, Viva Lovers' assaults, and we're going to try to take her down, I'd be on this phone call with you saying that is absolutely and totally... Okay, well, first of all, using no, the term no, we- hold no, on, no, using no. the term using the term weaponize is unfair. You're you're quoting basically two words from or three words from a longer text thread. And and on a secondary note, that IG report also proves another thing, which is that James Comey contributed to the reason Hillary Clinton lost. There were a variety of reasons, but that's one of them. So you can't just parse this as saying the FBI was out to get Donald Trump. Well, not really, because no, no, James no, no, Comey no, no, is no. the what reason. The FBI, what the FBI- no, no. What the F, let's 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 break it apart. What the FBI did, okay, is they got themselves involved in something that they should not have been involved in on either side, okay. And and, and Comey, he went out there and exonerated her. Then he got more information. He had to pull it back. And if she was on the phone with you, she would tell you that she's he's the reason why she lost in her mind. Well, Nobody like you know what the great thing is about James Comey. Nobody likes James Comey. Right. Everybody thinks that James Comey. Okay, is a sanctimonious, uh, self-righteous, okay, uh, dishonest uh, <laughs> professional servant. Everybody on all sides of the thing. So, right. so, but no, but what you should be saying to me right now is you said, "Hey, man, we got huge problems in the country, and we should stop the sanctimony. We should accept that people do a little bit of lying. We should accept that people are a little bit hypocritical." Well, we shouldn't we should accept really that. that. I, I should. No, really... I don't think we should accept that. I don't think okay, we should accept that. Okay. All right, well, then you, you're, you're, you're ignoring 5,500 years of human history and 5,500 years of interaction in the political world. Well, I'm not, so because... If you want to ignore that, if you want to build a new world order off of your podcast, go ahead. I wish you <laughs> great luck. I, I'm me, not, no, I'm not... Hold on. I'm not interested in doing that. I just... I, all I'm saying is if Donald Trump runs on and continues to preside over a country and an administration... His entire political life is defined by the fact that he says he's an outsider. And my message on this podcast and asking you these questions is that he is proving that to be just false. So, okay, well, that, that, that's actually not, again, I, I was on 26 campaign stops with him, um, and I've, I've heard his message and rhetoric the whole time. That's actually not what it was. Go back to his Republican convention speech. He said that he could fix the problem because he was an insider. He lived outside of Washington, and he said, quote-unquote, at the RNC convention speech in Cleveland, that nobody knows this game better than me. I'm the absolute consummate insider. I never heard him once say that he wasn't an insider. He, he was just merely saying that he was a business person <laughs> who wasn't in the political world and realized how disgusting the political world is. Okay, so... And so he was, he was going to go down to Washington and... Use his personality and his commercial instincts to try to fix it. All right, so so find a little piece here. What what if what if you what if you're wrong about Trump? What if you're wrong about him in Russia? What if you, Anthony Scaramucci, is wrong? Bring me back on when I'm when I'm. Hey, let me tell you I'm a big boy. When I'm wrong, I admit that I'm wrong. Um, and so you know, when I've done things wrong, I also have no problem apologizing. Everybody has a different personality, so. You know, I've done something wrong. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. 
And, and if I'm wrong in my judgment about this situation, just invite me back. Once we figure out that I'm wrong, invite me back, and I'll eat some crow on your podcast. I don't mind doing that. I'm, sure. not, I don't, I'm not saying I have. I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm not saying what I am saying. The American people have gotten a raw deal from their government over the last 35 years. The infrastructure is crumbling. The educational system is uneven. We've got we've racked up 22 trillion dollars of debt. We've prosecuted wars over the last 17 and a half years that are wars from nowhere. A million people are dead in the Middle East. Because of John, 60, of John Bolton. people. Because of people like John 60, Bolton. It's not just him. Not just him. Yeah, that's a group. That's a team effort. It's a bipartisan team effort. John Kerry voted for the war before he was against it. Okay. You want to talk about hypocrites? No, I name I, every single one you, of them. I am, but we I'm, have a I'm, Hall of Fame. I'm no doubt, and we have you a Hall will of, not hear we have me a Hall of Fame. We have a Hall of Fame of hypocrites in the society. But here's what we got to do: we got to stop the left and the right and focus on the right and the wrong. What are the policies that are going to make the country better? That are going to serve the magnitude of the American people? How are we going to do that? Rather than sitting around saying, "Okay." How am I going to curry favor for this lobbyist, which is going to lead to my re-election? Some way, somehow, someone's going to figure out a way to add an addition to my house and take care of my brother's uh, uh, private equity fund. That stuff's got to end. Sure. Okay, and it's not going to end until it's not going to end until people like you and me actually get together. Well, rather that's than why I'm throwing bombs. To you. I'm not throwing yeah, bombs. Well, rather than, yeah, well, no, I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying rather than throwing bombs at each other, you and me fairly rational people should get together and say, hey, how do we how do we really fix this? What type of participation, what type of passion, what type of energy has got to go into this thing to really fix it? Because with the power of social media, you can really expose the higher levels of dishonesty on both sides, not but just on the one Right, side. but don't you think that that starts at the top, though? And don't you think that the president, I mean, look, look I'll, I'll leave you with this and I'll let you have the last word. Don't you think that it's don't you think that the president's responsibility first and foremost is to be a leader for all people and doing things like he does in public on Twitter on news clips you name it saying the things that he says about people don't you think just talking solely on that yeah. particularly there's a lot that I don't like I've been honest with him I said that publicly I said we got to end the war on the media I said with the ad hominem attack on the journalists I've said all that. I'm, I'm honest about all that. I think, by and large, he's done a very, very good job. Okay, he's got the right policies. But there's stuff that he's doing stylistically that I disagree with, and I've been very open about that. Okay. Well, Anthony Scaramucci... You know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to call balls and strikes, brother. I'm not, I'm not sitting here as a Trump apologist. I'm trying to call balls and strikes. All right. Well, I'll let you go on that. Be, be well. I, I enjoyed it. you got a, you got a fun little thing you do on Twitter. You probably do that on Instagram, too. I don't, I don't know where else, <laughs> but good luck with it. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, uh, email me and I'll come back on and need some call for you. All right. But if I'm right, I'm expecting you to get the invite, too. Yeah. Right. Hey, well, you start your own podcast. Right. I'll come on then. All right. That's All right. the deal, man. Great Thanks, talking Anthony. to you. Take care. Bye. That was a lot of fun. Say what you want about the mooch, but I enjoyed talking to him, and I, I think that, you know, he's a good guy despite the fact that we disagree on pretty much everything. You know, and I think I think that's the kind of thing that we we need to be striving for in this country is is talking to one another and and listening. Now, obviously, he's a little more slippery than your next door neighbor, but you know, I think it's important to engage in that sort of dialogue. I totally disagree with him on the fact that everyone's a hypocrite. That's just not true. There are people who are not hypocrites. 
I try, I strive not to be a hypocrite. I don't think I am. I think, I think many of you are not hypocrites. I think he's right that everyone in Washington is, but that doesn't change the fact that Donald Trump ran the world's most unique campaign saying that he was different from everybody. And then to go and do things that are are parallel to every administration that's ever been is, I, I just think it's dumb. And if you're not going to just embrace that it's either stupid or hypocritical, then I, you know, there's, I, I don't know what the answer is, but it, that just kind of, that's the only part that kind of bothers me that you can sit there and say, well, no, I mean, he, he, you know, yeah, he said these things and he, uh, he obviously has to do it differently because everybody's a hypocrite. No, not everyone's a hypocrite. People who choose to be hypocrites are hypocrites. So respectfully, Mooch, I disagree with you on that one. But yeah, so we're going to be having a lot more guests down the road. We'll be talking a lot about a lot of things. Uh, and I, I want to be talking to you more. We're going to start taking calls. We're going to start taking more of your questions. So look out for more episodes, and I appreciate you listening. Listen, I don't want a president who's warm on the outside and warm on the inside. I want one that's warm on the outside, but I want one who, when the tough decisions are made, is cold and tough and will make the right decision without Listen, I don't want a president who's warm on the outside and warm on the inside. I want one that's warm on the outside, but I want one who, when the tough decisions are made, is cold and tough and will make the right decision without... Uh...